listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 116, where we will be discussing chapter six in Clockwork Princess, Let Darkness. And it sounds like there should be something else there, but there's <laughs> not. <laughs> I'm Kristen. I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. <laughs> I feel like all these chapters end with like ellipses. <laughs> Maybe you're supposed to piece them together and they make like a paragraph or a sentence or something. Do I they? Know. I, don't I don't know. I'm you gonna, should probably I'm check. Look. Yeah. <laughs> Robin's like, a word puzzle? A, a riddle for the brain? Don't mind if I do. Don't make me pee my pants. But I'm the Jim Carrey Riddler. Yeah. Clearly. You are. Clearly. Clearly. <laughs> That's your energy. Or the penguin, one of the two. No, no, Danny the Riddler. Danny the DeVito, penguin. right? That's who. <laughs> yeah. He's too angry. You're sillier than that. Oh my gosh, That's so great. Maybe Audrey just sees you like that. She's yeah, like, yeah. Hey, yeah. Mom, don't make the penguin come out. You better clean your room. Don't make me angry. No. Uh, All right. <laughs> oh, Robin, you said you had a story to tell that you were withholding. I do. I do. I didn't speak to you today all day because I knew I would tell you. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, so listen. It was the day that was this weekend, Saturday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we were in line checking out our groceries at Fred Meyer. And when I say we, I mean my daughter and I. Mm-hmm. And there was this old man in front of us, and he was like, had his cart awkward, okay? And not to mention, like, he was pushing his cart awkwardly and dragging, like, a chair. Like, a full-on metal, like, outside chair. What the fuck? With, like, totes on top of it or whatever. Wait, is was this OC? It can be. Oh, okay. And so he's dragging it along or whatever. And... There's only one cashier checking people out. Dang. And I have my week's worth of groceries in my cart. And I didn't put them in the cart strategically like I would have had I known I was going to self-checkout. Uh-huh. Where you have, like, all of your boxes and yeah. stuff so you can yeah. build your bags or whatever. And I was just, they're trying to get people to come over to self-checkout. And I'm like, dude, no. Like, I have anxiety. I don't want to have to, like, get mad at the machine. Like, I'll just wait in line. Uh-huh. So it took a long time to get up to check out. So by the time this man is up there checking out, I have all of my groceries on the belt. And he's $11 short for his order. And I couldn't understand. Like, I thought I heard he was $11 short, but I wasn't sure. And so it's like, I don't want to be awkward. But, like, I feel really bad for this guy. He drug a chair around the store. Like, that sucks. And so... I thought maybe it was $1 and I had $3 bills in my wallet. And so I was like, Audrey, how much is he short? And she's like, $11. And I was, and so the lady that's begging the groceries asked him what he wants to put back. Like, what do you want to put back? And I was like, oh, we'll just pay. Like, it's, if, if you can take a card and do the half of the transaction, like, we can just pay. It's $11. Like, whatever. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, it's fine. It's, it's like 11 bucks. Like, I'm buying a eight nine dollar thing of nail polish like mm-hmm. I, I have eleven dollars or whatever and so they ran the card and the lady was everyone's like oh it was nice i'm like it's fine it's really not a big deal and I was right thinking please about stop it. talking about it exactly uh-huh. yeah. yeah i don't want i'll give more anything. if you shut up 
yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to do anything or whatever. I don't want to have anxiety about it. But as I'm driving home, I'm like, okay, that guy was buying totes, bubble wrap, like a big thing of bubble wrap, and like a broom and a chair. I'm like, what if he's murdering murderer? to do because like i don't 100%. i don't buy into the like pay it forward coffee thing i think that's silly like uh-huh we've discussed it before tip the people that are working there exactly your order if you want to do something really cool like i can afford my own coffee the, the people Nobody in line. line it's you know maybe exactly starbucks but like they wouldn't be in line cool. if they couldn't afford it yeah exactly you know your coffee was five bucks tip the waitress or the waitress the staff five dollars also tip the amount of your coffee i don't do that so to me it's like this was my i was like yeah this is great opportunity i'm gonna do it i'll maybe i'll get some karma points and and then i'll feel better and i'll feel good about this poor old man and then i'll show my daughter that like you help people when you can help people and stuff and then i'm like just knowing my luck is going to be a murder (laughs) (laughs) a murder I just can't get over that. Mrs. Carlos, did you not notice the chains or the rope? (laughs) The duct tape. Did did you not find it odd that the gentleman requested plastic bags when he had nothing to actually fit in the plastic bag? (laughs) He paid five cents. Yeah. I'm really hoping it's either two things. He's cleaning his garage for screen cleaning. Uh huh. Or like moving a family member or something. Hence the envelopes, maybe for like social security numbers and stuff, uh-huh. and the totes and the broom. Cleaning out the garage would make sense. Or or cleaning out the crawl space of dead bodies would also make murder sense. most foul. <laughs> yeah, murder yeah. most foul. The chair, the chair is the, the singular chair. It's weird just what to drag I'm stuck it. On. It's a little it weird. It is very weird. It's also <laughs> weird that nobody offered to help him with it. Was he like old, like older, older? Yeah, or he like was old, old, like hunchback old. Uh, so like, like has someone in his basement not anyone. actively pursuing, like someone he's had for like fifteen years in his basement? I don't uh-huh. think he could. 
runs and then he was he was like talking to the lady in front of me he was talking to the kids and stuff and i was just like please don't talk to me i don't want to chat with you i don't want to chat with anybody yeah i hate going to the store for that exact reason yes we went to dutch brothers tonight and they didn't have anyone outside taking your order and so Uh when that happens you have to wait at the window and tell them about your day and i was like should we leave and then the lady yes. walked out and someone came up and I was like, score. <laughs> I, um, I had to stop. What do you work at? There. Do you care? Right. Right. You're halfway in my vehicle and you're asking about my grandmother. You don't know my grandmother. What is wrong with you? Oh my god. Like what are you Yeah, the what are you doing today? It's like would you want me to go through my itinerary? This feels weird. This is an yes. ingenuine exchange. Well, and she made us feel weird about cuz we were going to Home Depot to get, buy stuff to make a planter mm-hmm. box, raised mm-hmm. garden, whatever because I am going to grow something this year, you guys. Nice. And um, she basically kind of accidentally rolled her eyes at us and then realized that was rude. I'm pretty sure I watched all of those wheels turning. (gasps) She was like, oh, look at you guys adulting. Because she literally went like, what's wrong with Home Depot? Is there something I don't know? Is it like Chick-fil-A? Kind of. (laughs) But like not enough for me not to But not enough for someone to have that reaction, I don't think. Yeah. I felt really bad about being a Home Depot shopper. Look, okay, there is the Dutch Bros I go to regularly. And there's a guy, I think he's the, like the store manager, maybe. Okay. And sometimes he'll come up to your car and instead of like, hey, how are you? He's like, tell me the best song that you've listened to in the last week. Go. Or okay. like, what's your favorite <sighs> color to wear or something? That is so much better than what are you doing today? Yeah. No. It, it's not for me. <laughs> That puts me on the spot. I'm stressed out. I'm I'm immediately spitzing. Like there's no no. I can't. I'll I'll stutter. I won't be able to think straight. It's I need to prepare, which is why I would prefer prefer it if you didn't talk to me at all because it's just so stressful. Yep, that's fair. It's hard to communicate with people. It because it it feels like everything is like. I don't know. I just, I feel so stressed out all the time. It's like any interaction could blow up into be something crazy. Like, I just feel like people are nuts right now. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to say something wrong. I just want to live my life. Yep. Okay, really quickly. And then I'll read. We have an amazing review. But Robin and I were in the car the other night and day, whatever. We were, we were talking and I was explaining to her. That I was pretend fighting, shower fighting, whatever. And Robin said it was a faux fight. And then I said that I was a faux fighter. And I feel like <laughs> that needs to be on a t-shirt. <laughs> we are the faux fighters, you guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was raining really hard. I remember. I remember where we were. <laughs> it was raining really hard. It was super romantic. It, it was, was like it was like the conservatory scene from City of Bones. Yeah, me complaining. That's that's romantic. Faux uh, fighters. Faux fighters. Anyway, somebody make it. it a shirt. Do it. Do it. TM. <laughs> Wait. Trademark pending? Yeah. <laughs> we really should think about merch. We really should think about like t-shirts and stuff. We should. Even if it's just Person for Person slash wolf. <laughs> yep. 
but like all all caps just the words person spelled out slash spelled out wolf but slashes in lowercase oh I yeah. That. <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> oh my gosh <sighs> okay you guys anything else or should i read this shit yeah no do it way too long yo so. yo 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 all right you yeah, guys it's... I said amazing, but I haven't actually read this. I just know it's five stars. So mm-hmm. let me jump in. This is from Into the Mist. I love it. Uh, titled Caught Up. I am officially caught up. The end. Just what? <laughs> I am officially caught up after a note, then a month of just listening to their soothing voices and lovely jokes. I have finally caught up to them in real time. These girls have given me a large new vocabulary, including the incorrect punctuation of parabrotai. Me too. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I love their their jokes, and they make my day go from ugh to (laughs) ha ha ha. It's actually emojis, but... (laughs) (laughs) I love hearing about their families and being reminded of the past. I recommend this podcast to anyone and all of my downworlder friends. Even if you haven't read the book, I beg of you to pick it up and join these three amigos in laughs and stories that will make your heart swell. Much love, Aww. my podcast friends. Oh, thank you. Guys you. See that? It's chills. Thank it's you chills. <laughs> Amazing. I screenshotted it and Kristen's like, okay, well now I'm crying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Always. Every time. Yep. <sighs> oh my goodness. Well, the thing is, too, is that day it was when I said the negative vibes at work. And I was like, I need to pick me up. I wonder if somebody left a review. And guess what? Ask and <laughs> you shall receive. You what shall a great receive. thing to do. <laughs> I need to pick me up. Somebody tell me how great I am. <laughs> <laughs> Affirmations. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you. A thank oh, you. Man. All right, guys, why don't we kick things off with Robin's recap. Previously on Downworld or Dish. With no time to lose, Tess and Will head off to meet Magnus. Everything about this evening is laced with sexual tension. Including a carriage ride where there is... Inappropriate. Physical contact. (laughs) I just saw you out of the corner of my eye and I was like, oh, my cue. <laughs> Nobody else can say that word anymore. It's true. Well, I it's love kind how of you like spelled investigation it. discovery has to be. <laughs> did you? Amanda. Did you? Unappropriate. That's yeah, that not a... what that says either. Unappropriate. <laughs> I was really fired up about it. U-N-A-P-P-O-R-P-R-A-I-T. I didn't even notice it was spelled wrong. It was like I'm typing it. It's like, and the crown goes wild. Oh, There's man. not even a squiggly. Spell check said I yeah. have no fucking idea. I don't know this Google? must be an acronym. I think since it's all capitals, it doesn't recognize it as needing a check. Oh, interesting. Oh, my gosh. Ooh. Okay. That was good. We're not done, guys. Seeing Magnus means dealing with Wolsey Scott. Depending on who you're asking, he is quite possibly the most charming dickhead you've ever met. If that person happens to be Will, he would disagree, since they went straight fisticuffs in the drawing room. 
Magnus escorts him out, and he pleads his case about Jem. Magnus eventually agrees to see what he can do, leaving words of wisdom and a new model for our boss bitch careers. Left to their own devices, Woolsey manages to offend and call Tessa out on her parabrotai love affair. Their talk is cut short when Magnus and Will appear, and they get sent back on the road again. They have a painful and touchy walk back to the carriage, but like physically touchy, not like emotionally touchy. Um, That is spied on by Magnus, who reveals he has a sense of responsibility for William's happiness. Hmm. He adopted Will. Yep. He's like, oh, I guess you're one of my people now. Fuck. Oh, my gosh, you guys. I'm going to tell you, this chapter, not very funny. So right? you've been warned. I was like, I'm trying, but there's really not a whole lot going on right now. This is um, all just angry bullshit. Full disclosure, I didn't read your part or Amanda's part. I just read mine. Amazing. And I had an entire week to go back and reread it. And guess what? Oh, yeah. I, I guess we should probably explain that. I was sick last week um, and I sounded less you know, sexy, sick Monica voice and more like Waffle House waitress voice. And it wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't going to work. <laughs> I've never been to that a Waffle and, like, House. Yummy. Oh, smothered and covered, extra crispy, baby. Mm. Yeah. It's we all were having spoon. a lot going on last week. It just really worked out for us to be yeah, like, yeah, it did. Oh yeah. And Hey, it's Wednesday. We're moving to Wednesday. <laughs> We did say oh, that yeah, this is our in our Wednesday. Instagram. Yeah, we this is our first our Wednesday. Together. Yeah. Well, it just it just happened to be that it seemed that we were recording on Mondays and it seemed to work best for our schedule and the summer's coming up and that means weekends are going to be super busy and it just mm-hmm. makes more sense. So mm-hmm. that's what yep. we do. Um, but let's just jump right into it. OK, and guess what? We have a letter. But first, before the letter that was actually <sighs> sent... We have a letter that was still in the drafts and never got sent that we get the to drafts. read. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to Inquisitor Victor Whitelaw from Consul Josiah Wayland. It is with some trepidation that I pen you this letter or that I pen this letter to you, Victor, for all that we have known each other for some years now. I feel a bit like the prophetess Cassandra doomed to know the truth and to have no one believe her. Perhaps it is my sin of hubris which put Charlotte Branwell in the place she now occupies from which she devils me. Jesus. (laughs) Taking it personally. Her undermining of my authority is constant. The instability which I fear it will cause in the clave severe. Now, if that's not an umbrage line, I don't know what the fuck is. What should have been a disaster for her, the revelation that she harbored spies under her roof, the Lovelace girl's complicity complicity in the magister's schemes, has been recast as a triumph, which he helped do, but okay. The Enclave hails the inhabitants of the Institute as those who uncovered the the magister and have harried him from London. That has not been seen or heard from 
Oh, that he has not been seen or heard from in the past months has been put down to Charlotte's good judgment and is not seen, as I suspect it is, as a tactical retreat and regrouping on his part. Though I am the consul and lead the clave, it seems very much to me that this will go down as the time of Charlotte Branwell, and my legacy will be lost. And then it cuts off and he just crumpled it good. up and threw it in the fire, right? <clears throat> Wow. Whoa, bro. Thanks for telling us how you really feel. Like, I do that <laughs> when I need to, like, vent. It's I'll write the email, and then I'll delete it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I'll write the nicer, better email that doesn't include anything that I want to say, pretty much. <laughs> My favorite thing is I get the first draft of Amanda's emails, and I get to rework it. So I get to read it. I am nice. such a My fave. I am the nicest person in person. Email? Mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> I am so rude. And I was going to say Robin's opposite, but that's not true. No. Uh, I just, it immediately, hit, we had a discussion in my household about speaking in absolute, like, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's not always. You never. Like, right. Because it just instantly, like, triggers me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, where's your receipt? Cite your sources. Give me an example. Exactly. You said, when is always? Okay, when is the last time that happened? Because the thing in my head is like, you have to be right. You have to be right. You have to be Mm -hmm. right. And then it just, it's it's, um, doing this for me. (laughs) It's getting me anxious. Anyway, so he was obviously doing that with Charlotte. Just in this letter. Yeah. Don't do Uh that. I don't like it. And then here's the here's the letter he actually sent. Oh, okay. Love you too. I it was like it wouldn't go away. So there you go. You got one. <laughs> Amanda you sent us away. a heart. It was over Robin's face. So mm. oh. <laughs> okay. To Inquisitor Victor Outlaw, Outlaw, Whitelaw. <laughs> I didn't even notice. Wanted. <laughs> It's just I just thought like Wild Wild West like Bad Boys for Life, Will Smith. Okay. Oh. oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> what? I'm just. I saw your. <laughs> I read your script. It's that's all. Keep going. Go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> to Inquisitor Victor Whitelaw from Jos- Consul Josiah Wayland. Victor, while your concern is much appreciated, I have no anxiety regarding Charlotte Branwell that I did not touch on in my letters to the council. May you take heart in the strength of the angel in these troubling times, or troubled times. Josiah Wayland. So yeah, he edited that thing. He was like, I'm just not going to say anything. This is just like a bullshit reply. (laughs) He got out his pinking shears. He listened to his mama. He didn't have anything nice to say, so he didn't say anything at all. Yep. Uh, yeah I just the the it was it's so in in the obviously not sent the unsent letter it's so obvious that he's like just threatened by a woman overshadowing him and it, it like that is where he's flipped this switch and he's like you can't be a star because you're shining on my light and it's just so gross yep and I hate it. I was going to say it's out of character for him, but I don't know shit about this guy. So I guess it couldn't be. But just yeah, it I seems don't know. a far turn from 
the console we met in book one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Versus now. Yeah. Well, yeah. The guy who appointed her and like did the you know what I mean like you wouldn't think but I guess maybe he just assumed that she would be like a non like a non-factor like someone he didn't have to worry about and Mm -hmm. now she's like outshining him and they're talking about making her his job and she's like way beneath him because she's so much younger and she's a woman and I feel like he's threatened by the idea that she could be at the same like level as him uh-huh. like that makes him uncomfortable to me it would just be because she's a baby like no no bro <laughs> no no i'm uh, nope she's a baby <laughs> she's 23 years old yeah <clears throat> yeah i don't know the only thing i wrote was rant because feminism and then <laughs> So so I was like, I was like, I don't even know what I'm gonna say. I'm just like so annoyed. <laughs> but meanwhile, back at the institute, Charlotte, completely unaware of the knife in her back, is enjoying a quiet breakfast. A breakfast. Yep. A quiet breakfast with the gang. It would be a shame if someone showed up to ruin it. Hmm. But first, Jemmy, his nickname that we find out uh, Charlotte has for him apparently uh, makes his grand entrance looking damn near spry a far cry away from the death warmed over look he was sporting the night before not sure what happened off the page but apparently Will and Tessa can communicate telepathically now yeah. and they can just like <laughs> eyes and like have a whole con- I, I don't know apparently did they figure out like a way to be pair bro ties is there is there a ritual that now they have Magnus perform? To his, like maybe right? got them. <laughs> they just automatically thruple up. <laughs> but Will answers her silent question with a shake of his head. He didn't find any more Yin Fen. Um, it, this was all Gem. Like, don't know what the hell this is, but he seems to be doing okay. Gem uh, attributes his good health to the Silent Brothers, but it's clear to Tessa. Or it's clear Tessa doesn't trust it with the way she watches his every move and, like, him pouring himself tea. And she's like, I'm watching the tendons and the bones in his hands because he's like a bird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Jesus. Remind us again how how fragile he is again, please. Jesus. You reminded me of my Nelly Furtado rendition of Jim's Like a Bird. I'm like a bird. <laughs> And Tessa truly seems traumatized by actually seeing Jem as sick as she saw him, uh-huh. right? Like, she hadn't seen how bad it could get and, like, realizing how close he was. And then with the yin fen, like, I feel like she was actually, like, she's truly traumatized. And, like, uh-huh. that's why she's, like, hyper paranoid and, like, paying attention and, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. It feels, feels authentic to someone that, you know, n- helped you know their aunt when they got sick and passed and then like the next person she gets close to in that Uh way that's supposed to be her family and then he's ill like yeah that must be a lot and he's done a pretty good job of hiding that part of his life from tessa like Mm -hmm. not like she doesn't know that he's sick but it's not like he's he keeps the ugly stuff away from her yeah yeah um, you know, and this this is like a really like 
tense moment. There's a lot of anxiety. There's probably just a lot of like, okay, we don't know where to go from here. Are we just supposed to act like everything's normal? Like, what are we doing? And then Bridget just like elevates the vibe of the room (laughs) with a song. (laughs) And Bridget's song, I'm not going to sing it. I'm just going to read it like a poem. Cold blows the wind tonight, sweetheart. Cold are the drops of rain. The very first love that ever I had in Greenwood, he was slain. I'll do as much for my sweetheart as any young woman may. I'll sit and mourn at his gravesite a twelve month and a twelve a twelve month and a day. That's a weird way to say that, but okay. I'm surprised you're not singing it. <sighs> I can't sing at all. Dude. She does it on purpose. Clearly. <laughs> There's no way she doesn't do this on purpose. There's got to be something with her, though. And I, I I, don't mean to spoil anything, but I don't think we really ever get a story about her that no. I remember. I think we will get a story at okay. some point. We've been told by Cassandra there will be more okay. context to Bridget's character. Interesting. Well, um... We know that oh, maybe maybe we don't know this yet. I don't know. Um, Sophie know we do. said she doesn't no. really talk to her. And that's it. Like they don't, don't really know. communicate. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. She just kind of keeps to herself. Yeah. Bridget exactly. just keeps to herself. Yeah. Well, because I think she said that after like Agatha was gone. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Or I could also be confusing that with Downton Abbey. Well, because because Bridget replaced Agatha when she died. Uh-huh. Yeah, it just could also have been a plot that was in Downton Abbey. I feel like this. she was kind of <laughs> friends with Agatha. I, I didn't even remember that was her name. Um, yeah, and she was kind of bummed because Bridget kind of keeps to herself. Yeah, uh-huh. she okay, was yeah. super close with Agatha, yeah. and they would chat and talk mm-hmm. and stuff. And Bridget just sings awful songs that annoy the shit out of. It just, that's your life. Being alone in the kitchen and not really talking. Can you imagine? And then singing those terrible songs. But also she's alone in the kitchen. How does she know everything that's going on with everybody? Like she's barely ever in the room. There's like, there's, there's sounds coming through the vents. She's like psychic or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. She knows what's up though. Anyway. She's Faye. I don't know. That's my guess. The morbid song sparks what was surely to be a lively debate about the subject matter of ballads uh, when the doorbell rings. And Charlotte starts to say something, but she's cut off by Sophie announcing the arrival of Consul Wayland. Everyone's in a tizzy. And I'd assume this is what it like would feel like if the president made an unannounced visit to like a government employee's house. To be like, boo, bitch, like, as, like, part of a, like, a media thing. Like, I could totally see, we're going to surprise one of our employee, our government employees or something. You just, like, drop in. I imagine the chaos that you'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? We find a good to use the living room you're not allowed to sit in. <laughs> in my 90s house. Yep, yep. I have one oh, of those. I mean, God. we sit in it, but I have one that's meant to be like that. A formal living room. Why? Oh, God. Who I needs no that? Idea. And two dining rooms. Why? 
They are both playrooms in my house. <laughs> I grew up as an apartment kid. That that wasn't like we had a, oh, yeah. a kitchen, dining room, living room combo, oh, great room. <laughs> like laundry room combo. <laughs> yeah, that's what I have. We never had that either. I just remember going to people's like houses and it was like pretty mm-hmm. like, don't go in there. Like, why? Because it's all white furniture that we don't let our dogs go in there. There's a baby gate and shit. And you're like, why would you have a whole, like, it's like 200 square feet of you don't do shit with this space. Yeah. What are you Except doing? Except pay taxes for it. <laughs> I was going to say, why are you paying taxes on it? <laughs> oh, my God. We are ridiculous. Off the rails. So Consul Wayland, with shoulders for days and an attitude to match, marches into the room and declares he's there to talk about Benny. Oh, shit. Turns out, Tatiana's been out there doing some serious Lightwood family damage control. <laughs> She's telling anyone who will listen that the Shadowhunters of the Institute murdered Benedict, and this bitch has the audacity to basically threaten to Shadowhunter sue them for money. I love the hunters who. <laughs> She's got to be embarrassed, right? I mean, right, for sure. And of course, everyone. Like, do you? Sorry. Nope. Go ahead. Okay. Not important. Of course, everyone is immediately up in arms at this revelation. There's no way a reasonable guy like the consul would believe Tatiana's word over half a dozen shadow hunters, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Consul Whalen seems. Like, he's just kind of, like, fucking with them at this point. Like, like he's just, like, playing devil's advocate and being like, well, Tatiana says this. And, like, what are you going to say about that, you know? He knows Tatiana's claims are unfounded and could be debunked easily enough. Uh, but he's punishing them for making him feel inferior, I feel like. You know, because he's the dick. Uh-huh. <clears throat> I have a little excerpt that I would like to read. All right. Tatiana is greatly upset, the consul said. She is considering demanding reparations. Then I will pay them. It was Gabriel, having pushed his chair back from the table and risen to his feet. I will give my ridiculous sister my salary for the rest of my life if she desires it, but I will not admit to wrongdoing, not for myself, not for any of us. Yes, I put an arrow through it, through his eye, its eye. And I would do it again. Whatever that thing was, it was not my father anymore. Oh, oh my God. Did Gabriel just refer to himself and the rest of the shadow hunter, like the Institute shadow hunters as us? Yeah. And I think he did. convincing himself that like, he's, he's like, these are my trying people. to convince himself he did the right thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. It wasn't my dad. It I wasn't just... my dad. It wasn't my dad. <laughs> I feel like they kind of have receipts, though. Like, the thing Jim found with the mom and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah. Well, and to Jim's point, he brings up, he's like, there was no body. Like, he's a demon. He went to another dimension because he's a fucking demon, and that's what they do when they die. Like, uh-huh. otherwise there would be a body. Plus, you know, all the pieces of Rupert that you found, like, for sure. <laughs> like, <Right>. they have <laughs> teeth marks on them. Like, it's, it's not hard to verify this information, you know, and, but he's just being an asshole. Uh-huh. <clears throat> so Gabriel gives a quick rundown of the weeks and days leading up to wormy worm time and the battle that ensued. <laughs> uh, but that still begs the question, why would Tatiana lie? Tessa pipes up like, duh, she's embarrassed mm-hmm. and trying to save face. Like, sidebar, 
if I were Tessa right now, I would be doing my best to blend in with the wallpaper. Like, the consul is clearly on a witch hunt. I would not want to get caught in his crosshair, seeing as she is, like, the only witch there. Like... <laughs> <laughs> but I guess... She's all... a witch. Bad hair. <laughs> right. But I guess all the teenagers need to partake in this conversation with the pissed off politician. Like, that makes sense. <laughs> right? Well, because, like, the way I see it, like, Charlotte's basically like an ambassador, right? Like a field office head kind of a situation. So, like, you would think that that would be a private conversation that's had in an office or something. Yes. It just feels weird that, like, he's even, like, entertaining these underage shadow hunters as, like, part of the conversation. It just feels weird to me. Like, Not to what are you doing? Like dismissing them. Yeah, you're you're having like a pissing match with a 17 year old like what is happening right now i feel like he just wants to like flop his authority all over uh -huh. the place mm -hmm. he needs and to so feel charlotte's in his he doesn't have an yeah. audience yeah so consul wayland is still unconvinced so gabriel offers to be taken to the silent city to be questioned by the mortal sword and i imagine immediately regretted it when the consul agreed he was like oh fuck wait <laughs> that was just i was just saying that <laughs> But well, why then? And then the person does, and you're like, oh, my bad. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Plot twist. <laughs> but whiny Waylon isn't done yet. He's still picking at Charlotte, splitting hairs about protocol and otherwise blatantly grasping at the last vestiges of his authority with a palp palpable desperation. It's decided that both Gideon and Gabriel will accompany the consul to the Silent City, uh, where they will be questioned by the Silent Brothers, and if their story checks out, return to the Institute. <laughs> Gabriel's like, if? Don't fuck this motherfucker. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, under his breath. Oh, but wait, there's more. Wawa Wayland wants to cry about the books and ledgers Henry took from Benedict's office, too. <sighs> okay, so bear with me. I wrote this a week ago and didn't reread it. So join me back into time. That's me bearing with you. Okay, thank you. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Um, Ditto for me when it comes to my part. Yeah. So this is going to be a wild ride. Yeah. Mm. Join us. Okay, so Henry jumps in and asks the consul, like, what he's searching for in the papers. Like, what the heck are you even looking for? That's how he said it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I heard it. And Consul Whalen tells him that he's basically looking for any cheese may on Mortmain and any potential shadow hunters that might be involved with him. Henry interrupts um, the Consul, finishing one of his sentences with um, Mortmain's devices. And the Consul's like, I'm sorry, what? The <laughs> I don't know what you mean. And I'm confused because, like, wasn't the Consul there at that? Where were they? What were they doing? They were doing something where they were all together. And they were on stage. I can't remember what they were doing. It was after Jessamine. I know what you're talking about. Oh, at the at the meeting. Yeah. At the, yeah. At, and the, like the, the birds Abby. came in or some shit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. The little automaton. Yeah, yeah, uh -huh. yeah. He was there. So, like, why is he asking? Duh. He, Clearly those devices. Yeah, dumbass. All right. Well, anyway. Henry describes what the automatons are. And if um, 
they believe anything in Benny the Dick's letters, then they believe. Like, if anything is to be, be actually truthful in these letters, then attack an attack is coming. These robots are coming sooner than later, and we need to be, like, ready, bro. It's happening. The consul's like, aha! You did take the letters. Gotcha, bitch. <laughs> She's like, I wasn't hiding it, bitch. Like, what? <laughs> and Charlotte's like, well, obviously... Duh. Yeah. So she rings her little bell, which I just like. I just mentioned her index ding, and ding, thumb. Ding. That's it. Just do, 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 do. cute little bell. It's probably on a little silver tray, right? Mm-hmm. Um. And so she rings it for Sophie to come into the room, which has got to be like I know that she's probably used to it, but that has got to be so demeaning, right? I just could know. you imagine? Pass. Pass. Not into it. And like, how big this place is? How's she supposed to hear a bell? Like, what if she's in the kitchen? What if she's cleaning your bedroom? Getting your yeah, fire what ready. If, I wonder if it's in something like that. Then she's just supposed to wait outside in the hall to see if, like, anybody needs anything. Right. Like, that's part of the protocol. Oh, oh maybe, yeah. yeah. Like, like, at least wait on, um, not at least. That's stupid. But on Downton Abbey, you know, they, they at least show you the bell system, sort of. And so they have the bells labeled. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. But what if you were in the other what? room and you were the first? I don't know. It just the whole thing seems confusing to me. Anyway, the consul tells Charlotte that she should have trusted him and the law, and that the Lightwood boys like are they? Um, they're not a higher priority than finding Mortmain. Like I know you were concerned. Her whole reason behind not telling him was that she wanted to give them time to chill, basically before she told him what was going on. And um, he's like, "Bitch, I am the manager, B." Okay. <laughs> he really did too. He's like, yeah. he's like, God damn it, respect my authority. He went yeah. full Cartman. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yo, I am the manager. That's how he sounded. Yeah. So Charlotte turns her meter to boss ass bitch. Okay. She just like cranks that shit up. And she says, Sure. Cool, bro. Next time a shadow hunter turns into a giant worm and eats another shadow hunter, you'll be my first call. <laughs> so then he's like oh yeah she's winning let's bring up old shit this is what okay. <laughs> and he says your daddy was a friend of mine so that's why i had pointed you and supported you against benny the dick and charlotte's like whoa 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 no 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 wrong you defend you didn't defend me you agreed with benny the worm to only give me two weeks weeks which you knew was impossible it's bullshit and then this is how the rest of this part goes like this <laughs> if you were not a woman you would not have behaved in such a way mm. if you were not a woman said the consul oh no she says this if if i were not a woman you would not have behaved in such a way and he's like if you were not a woman i wouldn't have to okay and then he just leaves He's just like out because he knows he's being outwitted. He just had to ghost. Yep. That was his. That was his attempt at a mic drop. Yeah, exactly. Lame. Wang wang Wayland. Fuck you, bro. Get out of here, because you're already going. <laughs> <laughs> you're. You can't fire me. I quit. Exactly. exactly. It's the same energy. <laughs> So Will is pissed that Charlotte gave up the papers. And she's like, dude, you know me better than that. I was up <laughs> all night with Sophie's help copying them. Um, 
but it seems to me like if she would have involved everyone, it would have gone by a lot faster. And like she's pregnant, she was probably really tired, or maybe she had a little insomnia. I got that a few times. But like, mm. it seems weird to not just have everybody like let's have a copy party and everybody write all this stuff down. Right? It seems like a lot of information to copy. Like yeah. I wonder if they've been doing it since they brought them back. But even then, it doesn't seem like it's. But that it's many only days. been like two right. days, right? Yeah. yeah, and she said they stayed up late at night, so. Like, it was almost like they were hiding it for people for dramatic effect or something. I don't know. (laughs) (sighs) So Charlotte reminds Will that it's not just on them anymore to find Mortmain. The entire clave is responsible for this now. Like, it's okay. We don't have to, like, freak out anymore about this. And he interrupts, saying that they are responsible for protecting Tessa, which he didn't actually say. He, like, yelled it. He's like, we are! The weakest link. And although he realized what he had said and everyone was looking at him, which is normal because you're in a small room at a table seated (laughs) and you're talking. (laughs) So it's normal for people to look at you. But anyway, he still continues on that Mortmain wants Tessa. And like, obviously he's concerned. And Charlotte is like, duh, dude, like she's one of our own. We'll protect her. Like, it's fine. Right. Like, calm down. We got this. Yeah. I didn't forget about her, bro. Which, in Will's defense, it kind of felt like maybe she forgot about why they were so that that part of why they were going after Mortmain. Not just that he was mm-hmm. scary, but don't forget uh-huh. about my Tessa, Tessie, right. if you will, Tessie. Oh God! And Charlotte's like, ah, just because you know my pair bro tie for the sake, yeah, yeah. of my brother, uh-huh. of my Jemmy, yeah. <laughs> protect his girl yeah that's it's just just for the interest of my best friend yeah that's it what's that song jesse's girl <laughs> jemmy's yeah. girl oh <laughs> i, I wish that i had jemmy's girl, girl. Oh. all of it all of that <clears throat> oh so anyway Charlotte's like, anyway, speaking of our own, okay, I have some news. And it is Jessamine is coming back to live. And be an all-around shitty person to us all again. Yep. And be an all-around shitty person to us again. (laughs) It was in her contract. (laughs) Exactly. (sighs) She'd only agree to come back if she could. What's that? She'd only agree to come back if she could be miserable. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I only want the red M&M's. Yeah. (laughs) She has like a whole writer. She wants that red dye 40. (laughs) That's the good shit. It feeds to her poor attitude. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So everyone's obviously upset with about it, but like loving motherly Charlotte Reminds everyone that she has no family. And the clave took away all of her money because of, you know, they like confiscated her money because of everything that she did. And after all the shit, the Shadow Hunter, Shadow Hunter Brothers, what are they called? Silent Brothers. That's it. That's the one. <laughs> all the shit the Silent Brothers put her through, like trying to pull her, the stuff from her mind. Um, she shouldn't live alone. She's gone a little bit crazy. And um, she tells them that. If, like, after a week you still can't handle her being here, then she'll arrange for her to go to Idris. But give it a try. 
she's basically been abused because of them trying to dig through her mind because she keeps saying Mortmain is in Idris, but they're like, no, nah, obviously nah. not. Yeah. Right. <laughs> You're going to look at me and tell me that I'm wrong. <laughs> yep. So then she quickly changes the subject by talking about going through Benedict's letters and um, like who can resist that she's nice. So <laughs> <laughs> what was in the letter? So, tell me what was in the box. <laughs> exactly. So there's a letter from Consul Wayland from to Consul Wayland from the council. And I'm not going to read that shit, but it basically says prove it <laughs> about his claims against Charlotte. Like, you mm-hmm. give us proof. OK, where's your receipts? As Robin said, <laughs> which is so funny because the Inquisitor was such a dick to Charlotte. Yep. She that must have really impressed him because she knew better. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So the Lightwood boys um, go with the consul into his carriage. And while they're driving, riding, whatever, um, Gabriel is thinking about his dad and how he, like, murder slash killed him. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure it's hard to accept. Like, like I said earlier, like, he just has to keep convincing himself he did the right thing, which is I can only imagine I would be doing the Uh same thing. And um, the consul asks how Gabriel's been treated at the Institute. And Gabriel says, like, it's fine. You know, they're they're all fine. But, like, it's not home. And Consul's like, yeah, you're right. Your home was built on blood and spoils. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> okay. Hard, hard shift. Right? <laughs> and um, Gabriel's like, okay, what the hell? Like, I thought you just wanted to talk to us about my sister. <laughs> and the Consul is like, eh. I know she's a lying bitch. It's fine. Her request will be thrown out. And Gabriel's like, okay, so, like, why are we here? (laughs) Boys trip. (laughs) That's actually what it is. It's literally boys night out. Yeah. So the consul talks about how Charlotte's dad was very strict. And um, when he ran the institute, it was cold and unwelcoming. So he thought that when he put Charlotte in charge, a woman would, like, have a different touch. And um, being in that position, she would, you know, make it the opposite. She would make it welcoming. But that she would, like, listen to him? And Gabriel's, like, confused, asking why. Um, have you met had- Charlotte? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Why did you back um, her against their father then? Like, if you feel like she's doing the wrong thing. And the consul's like, your dad was not docile, okay? Like, no. He was not a good person. There was no good choice there. I chose her because I thought I might be able to control her someday. And this was just a few mm-hmm. weeks ago, right? And he's like, she's proving me wrong. It's not been that long since you decided you thought you could control her. It's just weird, but whatever. Well, I think I think he was talking, like, from the beginning. And then, like, when Benedict was okay. like, oh, I want to do it. He's like, well, he's not going to be any better. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that kind of a... Yeah. So, yeah, Gideon's like, okay, enough with this. Like, why are you telling us all of this? Just, like, what's going on? And before he can answer, the consul can answer, they pull up to a gentleman's club. <laughs> Is a place Okay. <laughs> And the consul tells them that he used to come there. Like, he used to go to this place with their father. And I'm like, shy is surprised. Like, totally Red flag. surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Red flag. It's just crazy. It's crazy to think that back then there were places like this. But whatever. I guess. Always. 
Oh, so uh oh, the Victorians loved their seedy underbelly. (laughs) So the three of them go into this place, and the consul actually pays for their tickets. And my guess is that because that um, at least Gabriel is underage, right? Gideon might be. I don't think it matters back then. Okay. Okay. Crazy. I I don't know. So I think a place like that, if you're with someone who vouches for you, it doesn't matter. Especially the console. I just imagine it being like the 70s and like mob run New York. Like that's how I feel was probably like the, you just don't ask questions. Twice. I've been, I was drank in a bar twice because I was with adult, like 40s adults. Mm -hmm. And so no one assumed I was underage. Dude, when we were in Massachusetts, we were trying to, it was late one night and we were, we were in Salem. We were trying to find a place to eat and there was this, we were going to go to the seafood restaurant and we, we get there and they're like the, you know, the kitchen's closing in 20 minutes. Like you can still be seated, but, and we're like, no, like we're not going to be those fucking people. Yeah. Like absolutely not. And so we're like, she's like, well, there's a, there, you know, there's like a little grill, whatever around the corner. And we're like, okay. So we go there and it's a full bar. And we walk in and we've got Bryn with us and she's 14, you know, and I'm, I'm just kind of like, what? And Jason's like, the guy comes up and he's like, Hey, how you doing? Whatever. And he's like, can we bring, and he's like, yeah, she's with her parents. It's fine. And we're like, okay. Like it's a small town. There's not a lot of places to eat at 10 o'clock at night, okay. you know, during the week. So I was like, all right, I guess. And so we sat there and, you know, we were at a high top. It was like, you know, like a bar and grill, but like we were right there next to the bar. I'm like, this is, you have a baby in a bar. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> definitely. But like, no one batted in an eye. It was, it, it was a very New England response to something yeah. like that. Like, uh-huh. no one gives a fuck. It was the same in Montana I when I was a kid. Yeah. We went to mm-hmm. a tavern. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. What else are you going to do with your kid? Yep. <laughs> Tie him up outside? What? Come exactly. on. <laughs> Leave him in the car? <laughs> okay, so as they walk in, Gideon says, Gabriel, don't look at anything unless I tell you it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's and so Gabriel precious. Obviously, yeah, he just rolls his eyes. He's like, whatever, dude. But obviously, like, it sounds like there's a lot to see here. So <laughs> it's not happening. So what is he supposed to do? Like walk around with his hand over his eyes though? Or like walk around, just like grab onto my shoulders and I'll just lead you and you can close your eyes. (laughs) It's such a big brother thing to say. Mm -hmm. So the consul, like after they're mostly inside, the consul tells the boys to wait there for a minute and he disappears into the crowd like a creep. Like he knows what he's doing. He's, he's been here once or twice. Mm. He didn't fall off the turnip truck yesterday. Not Mm -hmm. at this place. (laughs) I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Mm. <clears throat> okay, so while the con- console, okay, just so you know, that is a very hard word for me to say, and it's literally like almost every other word in this. So I'm really sorry. I'm gonna, I'm gonna butcher this. It's the meat is going to be tenderized. Okay. <laughs> I like it. Gabriel is acting what I am going to call endearingly naive to what is happening. And he asked Gideon, like, why couldn't this soiree, like, wait until after our visit to the Silent City? This is weird. (laughs) And Gideon, the more streetwise lightwood, basically the Kristen of the crew, Mm -hmm. if you will, Mm -hmm. tells Gabriel that they're not going to the Silent City. (laughs) 
obviously the consul wants to press them for information and what better way to do that than taking them to a place where they would never admit that they had been i feel like that's Kristen and i no, she tells me and i'd be like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay oh okay <laughs> that makes sense I can 100% imagine walking into a strip club with Robin and saying to Robin, don't look at anything unless I tell you it's okay. Uh-huh. Well, why didn't they just take us here instead of the place to yeah. The steak bites are better, my dear. Yes. We don't have to sit at the rack, but if we're lucky, we'll get to. Ugh. I'd sit outside. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I took my glasses off and I need to read. That was dumb. All right. (coughs) Gabriel says that their father may have well met him at a place like this before. Like, maybe the consul's right. Maybe they've met. But Gideon says basically, possibly, but, like, that's not why they're here now. Like, yeah, maybe they have met, but this is not why we're here. Mm -hmm. And, like, as soon as that happened, the consul returns with a drink. And still trying to keep the mold lighthearted, Gabriel asks, like, where's mine? (laughs) And then um, he realized that he doesn't really know much about the consul, like, if he has a family or children or, like, anything about him. So, like, maybe he doesn't know about dad jokes. Like, maybe he just blew his fucking mind. I find that so hard to believe. I find it hard to believe that such a climber as Benedict didn't school his boys in everyone's backstory and knowing everything. He's such a political mastermind and he's trying to raise his boys to be like him. I find it hard to believe that they didn't have like dossiers on every fucking major player in the clave. I find it hard to believe the clave doesn't send a get to know each other, get to know your overlords. Like they do at the school. Right. Like I am the principal. I have four dogs and I've been married for seven years. Huh? Your anniversary is coming up. Uh huh. Okay, guys, <laughs> we're getting excited. Bypassing sorry. the comment from Gabe, the consul immediately gets to business, telling the Lightwood brothers that they're in a heap of trouble. Gideon guesses the trouble is Charlotte, but the buzzer dings incorrect. The trouble comes from Daddy Dick and his assorted affairs. He didn't just break the law. He shattered it, shit on it, and then lit it on fire. <laughs> on someone's doorstep. Yeah. <laughs> he goes on with his quote. You are the Lightwoods. You are all that is left of the Lightwoods. You have no cousins, no aunts and uncles. I could have your whole family stricken off the registers of the Nephilim and turn you and your sister out into the street to starve or beg a living among the mundanes. And I would be within my rights of the Claven Consul to do it council that's one <laughs> who do you think would stand up for you who would speak in your defense he probably didn't say it like that i sounded very urgent there like a <laughs> lady <laughs> i read that like a lady not a man <clears throat> anyway gideon is like to'd he's pissed and he tells the consul that what he's saying is completely unfair they didn't know that their father was a complete degenerate Gabriel trusted their daddy, but it's not like he should be held responsible. Sins of the father and all that jazz. Like, this is mm. not fair. I have a question. Is Shouldn't it be common knowledge that, like, we're up for a new console? Right? I guess. 
I would think so. Because they have a 10-year term, and then they just get picked, they pick someone new. So, like, it, they have to know that he's, like, towards the end of his tenure. Well, and maybe everything that's going on, they're just not thinking about it. Yeah. Like, they're too wrapped up in whatever's going on. And they're teenagers, so who the fuck knows if they're paying attention. I would think so, but. I think so. But, I don't know. (laughs) Maybe with all the craziness, they're just not. Yeah. So, the next part of this book threw me for a loop. If I was a betting woman, I would have lost. See, I thought it would be a check in the pro column that Gabriel delivered the kill shot to his dad, Uh but apparently that's wrong. Since Gabriel killed him, it gave him no plausible deniability to what, like, Benny had become. They knew about it, and they didn't go to the clave. And if the consul wants them to be punished for their father's crimes, then they will be. He even goes so far as to ask Gideon... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I spelled that wrong. (laughs) Gideoni! Um... What he will do when they, like, what are you going to do when I burn off Tatiana and Gabriel's marks? Are you just going to sit there and watch them be tortured, basically? <sighs> what are you going to do about it? Yeah, you're going to be a little bitch, is basically what he's <laughs> saying. <laughs> it's mean. Anyway, Gabriel's ready to throat punch a bit. Oh, uh, yeah. But is studied by his old bro jam, who is done with the mafia-style show, and ask what the hell he wants from them. Obviously, this is a side deal. Otherwise, they wouldn't be here. Like, I know you're putting me on a side quest. Tell me what you want me to get you. What do you want? Yep. What mm-hmm. do you want from me? Exactly. <laughs> That's what he said. The end. Here's what it boils down to. The console is an old-timey douche canoe with a giant case of fragile masculinity and can't handle the fact that Charlotte is a boss-ass bitch. So, mm-hmm. in order to bring her down, he wants the Lightwood siblings to spy on her and read her mail, so that way he won't be bested by her clearly superior female mind. <laughs> that will also cut off anyone shy of surprising them that might come up, like, with a whole demon pox dilemma. Cut off the shy of surprises. Gideon tries to tell the console that she had to keep it a secret um, as part of her and Benny's agreement, but he's not having it. Because, obviously, he's irritated because he looks like an idiot mm-hmm. for not knowing about Benedict. But mm-hmm. she did. And you're like, well, we couldn't tell. Like, he couldn't tell you because that was a deal. That was a deal! <laughs> <sighs> I said he, but I'm going to clarify. Wayland, consul, mm-hmm. goes off on a tirade about how Charlotte runs the Institute like it's her own country. Not to mention the delinquent kids who roam the halls. Jessamine, traitor. Jim, drug addict. Tessa, downloader scum, who shouldn't be there in the first place. Will, spoiled rotten liar. The Institute <laughs> reports to the Consul, and the Lightwood brothers are going to also. Mm. I don't understand how Will is spoiled, but okay. I know. Whatever. I think just like he gets away, like he lets he gets to do whatever he wants. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. There's no, there's no, never any consequences. Okay. Mm-hmm. Your motherfucking conscience when you said it made me think of that. Anyway, Gideon is. <laughs> Gideon isn't hopping on board right away. He says that Charlotte has done nothing to deserve, to deserve that kind of treatment. This further fuels his patriarchal rage, saying that that kind of talk is exactly the problem. He deserves all of the loyalty, not her. 
He's clearly giving off abusive father vibes. Ugh, right. I deserve respect from you because I sired you, not because I've shown you respect and it's mutual. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, Robin, you want to lay all my shit bare on a podcast? <laughs> What, what, what was it last? He he whelped you? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I said sired like he's a vampire. Yeah, but like it. basically, I'm your dad. Yeah. I made you halfway, an eighth of the way <laughs> of the work. So you just have to respect me. Anyway. Yeah. Gideon is not backing down. However, Gabriel speaks on their behalf and says they're in. They can't give up their whole family name and put Tatiana on the streets while she's with child just for a promise made to Charlotte. Mm. And Gideon is like, what? She's pregnante? Pregnant? Pregnante? <laughs> oh, God. Grable's kind of like, yes, one in the bag for me. And he tells his older brother that he would have known about it if he was still a part of the family. Burn. Burn. <laughs> Consul asks, Consul, nope, the Consul asks if they've come to an agreement, and after a long pause, Gideon says they have. If you're Consul Wayland, you'd say, back at the frat house, because <laughs> he thinks it's degenerates. Anyway, <laughs> Sophie is explaining Sconegate 79 <laughs> to Tessa. 79. <laughs> I love it. At this very moment, Tessa, no, sorry. At this moment, Sophie is scrubbing down the grate of the fire, telling Tessa about how she had discovered all the hard scones <laughs> under Gideon's bed. And there's a moment next where Tessa's internally thinking to herself how she was having a hard time not going to get up to help her. Apparently... She'd tried before, and Sophie had always gently but firmly told her no. Mm -hmm. And after, like, the fourth time, she stopped trying. Right. And I'm really glad that we got this little moment, because I was literally thinking to myself so much that I couldn't concentrate on what I was reading. How, like, how can you just sit back and watch someone else clean? Cough, cough. <laughs> clears throat. Husband. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then also in Sophie's, like point of view like in the I would be so I'd be like please stop just let me do my job like uh -huh. it, it would really bother me if someone kept trying to help me and like this was my job like that would I would be like no I take pride in my work like and it would be uh -huh. awkward right because like yeah. Sophie can't let her under any circumstances you know in uh -huh. this situation like that would be bad it's all around bad news bears yeah <laughs> okay Guys, back to the dialogue, which okay, right. just for funsies has been styled out about 140 years into the future because I didn't know what else to do. <laughs> I like it. So um, <laughs> I really feel like we should cast parts. Any takers on a Tessa or a Sophie? Sure. Um, yeah, you go for it. I'm choking here still. Okay. <laughs> I was choking on water. <laughs> what do you... What do you want, Robin? Which one do you okay. want me to do? So, um, Kristen's going to be Tessa and I'll be Sophie, okay? Again. Okay. Um, what kind of vibe are we going for? Valley like girl. a gossipy vibe. Like, um, okay. Shit's Creek. Okay. Alexa Rose. Got it. 
Yes. <gasps> Damn, girl, that's crazy. Are you mad? Oh, my God. I was so pissed. What the fuck was he thinking? He has no idea how much work goes into all of that. Shit's disrespectful as fuck of my time. And now we're probably going to have to deal with, like, mice. I totally get that, girl. But aren't you at least a little flattered that he came up with the plan just to be able to spend time with you? Hell no. He's not thinking. We're from different zip codes. The best I can hope for is a side piece, and I want the whole cake. I'd rather not waste my time fawning over something that I know isn't going to happen. I think the Lightwoods might be better dudes than that. Girl, I don't think any men are better dudes than that. (laughs) I wanted to be like, I love that for you. (laughs) But it wasn't appropriate. to the lightest of woods that was it it was a little scene so the threesome rode back to the institute in silence because like how do you make small talk after you've been blackmailed (laughs) how about that weather like (laughs) the guys at dutch bros could what are you playing today (laughs) favorite song once like, why are you arrive, asking my security questions? Stop it. <laughs> so, like, could you just tell me, like, the first, um, I don't know, the crazy question, the house numbers where you were born. What was your first animal's name? Just, like, off the wall, what are the last four digits of your social security number? Like, mom's maiden last name. Maiden name. <laughs> what was the name of your best man at your wedding? That's what it is. It's a conspiracy. They're just trying to get your data so they can break into your account so they actually know where you are. And it's all on an app now. So they're just typing it in as you're talking. So they save it on their account. Like at the The doctor's office where they write notes about like what you do for a living so they can seem personable when they see you. Like they actually know who you are. Or like the doctor's visit that I got where it asks, okay, I feel like. When they ask for a physical description of the patient, I think they're meaning to say, like, um, speaking clearly, uh, looks uh, alert and awake, um, <laughs> not fidgeting. But oh, no. my last one just said, she is obese. <laughs> I was like, I don't think that's what they meant. <laughs> but thank you. What you say? I really like that for you. I love that for you. I love that for you. Oh my god. That's all it said. <laughs> like, I don't think that's what they meant. Like, not a big fan of the yellow shirt, but <laughs> she looks like a mom. Jesus. <laughs> oh. Okay. You guys, they've made it to the institute. And the console sees them out with a let's keep this between you and I speech. The band of brothers starts to make their way to the doors and out of nowhere, Gideon seizes up Gabriel by the collar of his jacket and drags him around to the side of the institute. Gideon Gideon, Gideon pushes him against the wall. Probably less fun than when he did the same thing with Sophie. And Gabriel tries to speak, but is hushed by Gideon. 
Gabriel's like, you're right. We should organize our story. Otherwise, it won't be believable. And Gideon straight up slaps. Nope. Nope. It's not what I wrote. He slams his younger brother against the wall. And like this time, like he felt it. He did it with like conviction. It was like, ow, that smarts. And he says, quote, we are not going to tell Charlotte of our conversation with the constable, but neither are we going to spy on her. Gabriel, you are my brother and I love you. I would do anything to protect you, but I will not sell your soul and mine. Hmm. Good big brother. So sweet. Yeah. His moral compass is pointing north. Gabriel tells him that they could very well die on the streets if they refuse to do what they've been told. And Gideon has become a ride or die for Charlotte. And he's not going to change this alliance now. On top of the fact that the council wasn't the last bit, like, sorry, wasn't the least bit surprised that they had agreed to go along with the devilish plan. Like, it's their family motto to be treacherous backstabbers. Kind of. Worms, if you will. <laughs> Light worms. <laughs> he goes on to explain that there's more to life than just surviving. And if they take away their honor, it will truly mean that they have nothing. It's getting heavy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gideon asks him how he's so sure that Charlotte is the right size to choose. And he gives some good reasons. Okay. First, because their father was clearly the wrong side to take. Yep. Second, he's gotten to know Charlotte and live among the Institute peeps. And they're like good people. And third, because Charlotte has been nothing but kind to him. And lastly, and most importantly, because Sophie loves her. Mm-hmm. Mm. Gabriel's like, yeah, yeah, Sophie loves her, and you love Sophie. But Gideon loves Sophie. (laughs) 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 But she's a mundane and a servant to boot. So what's your angle? Like, what is it exactly that you're expecting to happen? And Gideon is like, this is my point, dear boy. He doesn't expect anything to happen, but clearly Gabriel has been brainwashed by their villainous father to believe that he should only do the right thing when there's a reward waiting for him at the end of the task. Mm. This is it for the elder Lightwood. He's made a stand and it doesn't involve lying to Charlotte and betraying her trust. So if he's not in, then he can go live with the Blackthorns and Tatiana. Gabriel's like, no dog, you got it all fucked up. (laughs) You're wrong. We are going to lie to Charlotte, but we're going to lie to the council as well. See, the plan is to read Charlotte's letters and then tell the council something completely opposite. (laughs) And in order to know what not to tell them, we have to read the letters so that we can make sure we don't accidentally spill the proverbial beans. (laughs) Mm. This feels very convenient. (laughs) Sorry, I had something stuck in my throat. This feels like something I would want to do because I would also want to know what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if I was in this situation, I'd be like, well. It How sounds like we an still activity. read the letters? It sounds like a rationalization I would make for myself. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's fine. <sighs> Gideon mm. takes the plan in and tells his brother that it is a big deal and the consequences if they get caught could be severe. That was a Harry Potter I, thing. I have oh, a really quick question, though. Why um, are these people constantly putting their secrets on paper? <laughs> Fair enough. Anyway. 
At least she's like invisible ink or something. Come yeah, on. I mean, and right. like, where does she leave them that they can go through her letters that she's sending out? Doesn't she just send them when she's done with them? I don't. Anyway, sorry. It's too much to think about. Yeah. <laughs> Grable's like, okay, so the plan. No, throw the play back to you. Are you willing to risk severe consequences for their fellow Institute inhabitants or not? Our fellow, not there, sorry. Gabriel's in it for two reasons. The love he has for his brother and redemption slash recompense for being believing in their father. Gideon asked him if this was his plan the whole time. For dramatic flair, Gabriel looks away and strats, <laughs> stares out into the wet courtyard and back into a flashback of them as young boys. His brother showing him the safe path through their property. And Gable remembers that, it has, that as a time where they trusted each other completely and he wanted it back more than anything. And he tells Gideon that it was his plan from jump. And then he rushed forward and went in for a much needed hug. Aww. Gideon held his brother and told him that. Okay, I, I wrote this like I was going to sing it and I'm not. Do it. I'm not gonna you do got it. it. <laughs> I can't. You can. I can't. You, can. you can do it. Everything's going to be all right. Rockabye. Rockabye. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got to sound like you're half drunk. She grew up with the children of the <laughs> Are you just buying time? No, I found okay. it. I didn't um, screenshot the last part. It's this letter thing again. It says two members of the council from Consul Josiah Wayland. Very well, gentlemen. In that case, I ask only for your patience and that you not act in haste. If it is proof you want, I will furnish proof. I shall write again on the subject soon in Raziel's name and in defense of his honor. And I, I'm assuming it says Josiah Wayland, but I didn't take a picture of it. So mm-hmm. defense of his honor. You're such a good man. Defense of his so honor. dramatic. My God. Yeah. He's got a flair for the dramatic. <laughs> That's fine. Dude, next week's chapter title. In my head, I'm like, dare you to run. <laughs> like that song from Walk to Remember. You've never seen a walk to remember? I don't know if I've seen the whole thing. What is wrong with you people? I don't know. I don't think so. Oh, speaking of book wrecks, Robin, I have a book wreck for you. I can't remember what it's called. The Inheritance Game. I feel like I'm seven book recommendations back. I still haven't finished the one with the court... A Court of Roses. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't finished it yet. Yeah. I know I just need to get through the first book. I know. It's it's just a slow book. Okay. But I am almost caught up on Futurama, so I will have time. (laughs) So good. But the Inheritance game, the premise of it is this girl who was like, you know, broke or whatever, randomly inherited some billionaire's entire wealth, basically. And he was like 
an eccentric billionaire because you know they all have to be um Uh and he's really into like puzzles and like word games and like mysteries and things like that so she the whole premise is that you know she's got to like figure out why she was chosen to be his heir and all this stuff when his family was like passed over basically okay and so there's 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 a lot of those things enemies of the air beware sorry what that was better than Nerd. my question. Nerd. No. What was your I question? Was... Just have you guys played Wordle? Have you guys been doing that? No. No. Do I it. heard about it, but I didn't. Is it like Scrabble? Eh, kind of, yeah. It's a, it's addicting. Oh. Don't you know that the Wordle's a word? I can't do it. It's not, like, it's not like addicting, addicting. There's one per day. One puzzle per day. Or you can go in and play other ones. But I've been doing the puzzles per day. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. Oh. You're not posting about it on Facebook? Every time but I did do, it really happen? yeah, I get it right, and then I have to share it to Facebook. I have to tell everyone. I guessed a five-letter word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Robin, why don't you tell us what we're doing next week? Um, you're going to read Chapter 7, Dare to Wish. Okay, if you say so, who's going to make a sentence or a paragraph? I'm not sure how long it is out of the chapter titles. Who's going to do it? Listeners? Regulators! Mound up! (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, for behind the scenes content and the latest updates, check us out on Instagram at Downworlder Just Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.